Hey, and welcome once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. So excited to have you join me on uh, this end of the week edition where we are going to be looking at what I consider maybe the best, uh, most amazing, most encouraging chapter in, in all of the scripture. Now, it's hard to say what is the best. In fact, oftentimes the joke is among preachers, hey, what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite passage? And, and the preacher will typically say, well, whatever I'm preaching right now. You know, there's just this... Uh, you end up loving whatever it is you're preaching, preaching. But Romans chapter eight, it is a landmark chapter. It is uh, chocked full of truth about the believer in Christ. And in the big argument of the book of Romans, if we remember, there's the reality that we don't have righteousness and then righteousness is provided in Jesus Christ. And so this is really just a a layering out of, of what, what the significance is of, of being in Christ. What, what significance is included in trusting and having faith in Jesus? And so it starts with, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And it ends with this great declaration that nothing in all creation can separate the believer from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And just throughout, throughout the entire thing, it's just jam-packed. And you know, this is the kind of passage, uh, chapter that's worth memorizing, worth reading regularly. This is the one that you want to bookmark if you're having a hard day and you need some encouragement, you know, or even if you've sinned and you need to be reminded of what's true about you in Christ. Romans 8, Romans 8, over and over again. But I want to look at uh, maybe one of the, the most quoted verses out of Romans 8 today, and, uh, and then a few verses after that. And I want to try to provide some clarity about what this verse that is oftentimes quoted and misquoted and misinterpreted, what it actually signifies for the believer in Jesus Christ. And so let's jump in Romans 8, 28. This is it. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, this is a classic coffee cup Christian verse, right? Uh, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. This is the kind of verse that we read and then we say, you know what? Uh, God's going to make everything work for good for me, which means, you know, I'm going to get a raise and my finances are going to be fine and I'm always going to be healed from any disease that I have and my relationships are always going to be wonderful. That is oftentimes how this is packaged, how it's preached, how it's considered, but that is not the point. And, and we actually, we miss um, the, the beauty behind this passage if we miss the point. We actually settle for something small and and flimsy and weak and unconsequential because uh, or if we if we assign that meaning. So let's talk about this. This is first of all, it's talking about a kind of person. <clears throat> it describes it as describes this person as those who love God, and then second, those who are called according to his purposes. Now these are not two separate kinds of people, these are one and the same. The one who loves God is the one who is called according to his purpose, right? This is talking about the believer. The believer loves God, not because of some um, like beauty inside themselves that they created in and of themselves. They love God because God first loved them. We know that from John's epistles. So what we see here then, the, the one who loves God is the one who God has called them to the faith. The one who's trusted in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so that's the person and then what is the work of God right here? Well, it says, and we know. 
And this is a reminder of, of, of truth. This isn't, and we feel. Uh, this isn't, and we hope. This isn't, and we pray. You know what? I, I hope you feel this. I hope you hope this. I hope you pray this. But, but this is actually a set in stone, solidified fact. And we know something. What is it we know? All things work together for good. For the one who loves God and is called according to his purposes. So th- this means that God is going to use everything that we experience and he's going to use it for good. It doesn't say that everything will be good. It doesn't say that everything will be easy. It doesn't say that everything will work just exactly how you have it in your mind. In fact, we, we have to remember that good here is this, the, the definition of good. We're going to look about that. look at that in just a moment. This is saying that God will cause everything to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Well, let's, let's look a little bit further then. Verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that, it, that they might be the firstborn among many brothers. This is just the intention, the plans, the decrees of God. God says he, he knew you beforehand. He predestined you beforehand. And, and he did this that you would be conformed to the image of of his son. This is the good that God is talking about. The good that God is, or the good that Paul is writing about, that the Spirit is inspiring him to write about, is a good of you and your character being conformed, being changed, being transformed, honestly being sanctified is a theological word. That you will become more and more conformed to the image of Jesus. The, the image of Jesus, Jesus who is perfect, without spot, without blemish, who never once rebelled against the Heavenly Father. He, he lived that perfect, sinless life. This means God is working in your life. He's using everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the happy and the painful, the moments when things work great and the moments when things work terrible. He's using every single thing in our lives for our good, which the ultimate good is as we become conformed to the image of his son. You know, I tell myself this when I'm coaching baseball and softball. <laughs> There's times once in a while where uh, our team gets a bad call and, uh, and it would be really easy as a coach to just kind of, you know, mutter under my breath or even say something out loud and, um, and be confrontational. And uh, <clears throat> in that moment, I have learned that I have to preach to myself in that moment to say, God is using this to shape your character, Mike. That means the outcome of the game is far less important than the outcome of my character. How am I going to respond? How am I going to model being a godly man in front of these kids that I coach? How am I going to respond with all these other parents that might be riled up and they might be really anxious about it? How am I going to respond to that moment? Am I going to allow the Spirit of God to conform me to the image of His Son? Verse 30. It just reminds us, in those whom He predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. This is just the beautiful picture of salvation from from calling, from foreknowing, from predestination to the actual moment of regeneration and justification to the ultimate 
picture of glorification when you and I stand in glory as those who have been perfectly conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That said, let me, let me take us back to that first verse. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who were called according to his purpose. Now, let me ask you, do you know this? Do you believe this? Do you bank on this? Are you willing to preach to yourself regularly in those moments when life's not working out the way you want it to, when things seem a little unfair, when, when you're a little frustrated by the outcome of a situation, when the pressure is on, when you're overwhelmed, when the sickness is diagnosed, when the bank account runs dry, when a friend turns their back on you, when a loved one grievously hurts you. Now, are you willing in those moments to say, I know that God is at work. I know that God is shaping my character and he's helping me to become more and more like Jesus. And we know this. This is God's purpose. This is God's plan. This is God's method. Will you believe that? You know, today your prayer prompt is that because our ancient way for our modern day is to know that, that God's going to use everything in our life for our good, namely the good of us being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Your prayer prompt is simply to thank God for what he's doing in your life, the good, the good moments and the hard moments. And, and ask God that he would give you a, a greater faith in him, to trust him even in those difficulties and that you would set your eyes on becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. That's our ancient way for our modern day.